Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's fucking minging, that. I tell you what, that is fucking men against fucking boys all over the fucking park. It's fucking weak as pissed, they are. Hello everyone, I'm Chris Wynn and welcome back to the Roker Report podcast in association with the Sunlight Community Soup Kitchen where we all gathered to discuss this afternoon's session at Wet n Wild as uh, we went down 4-0 at Portsmouth um, and uh, the, the, the people who drew the short straws to go through it all again um, firstly we have uh, the artist formerly known as Bomber how are you doing mate? Hello, mate. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know whether to be angry or upset or cry or laugh because it was it was a bit of a mixture of all sorts of emotions, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, and I'm hoping this is going to be... The one thing I'm not is happy. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to... Hopefully, by the end, I'm going to feel better and it's going to be some sort of therapy, but... Um, mm. Chances are I might feel worse, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, also joining us, which uh, I was very excited about um, until I watched the game, uh, we have our talking tactics guru, uh, the man who brings you all of those fantastic graphics week after week on the website. Uh, it is, of course, Brandon Feely. Uh, how are you feeling after that, mate? Um, emotionally abused, to be honest. Um, but I mean, that, I mean that's the lunch for you, isn't it? You go from a corking 5 no win one day to getting pummeled 4-0 in the rain down the south coast. So, yeah, yeah. you got to take the rough of the smooth, haven't you, being a Sunderland fan? And and your debut as well, Brandon. Your debut. Yeah, I on, should probably take pod. responsibility. He won't be coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. We'll want to invite you on again, Brandon. If it happens again, that's it. You're done. Two chances now. Banned forever. Yeah, right. Well, look, let's start with the main talking point because um, I'm sure it's going to be the recurring theme. We've probably already mentioned it a couple of times without even realizing it but the, the conditions uh bomber i'm going to start with you just you know high level should that game have been abandoned should we have been able to finish that game uh high, high level yeah it should have been abandoned you know i, I think back to the we had a pre-season friendly didn't we with middlesbrough a few years back which was abandoned in pretty much identical conditions where you couldn't kick the ball more than five yards and it it's um it's stopping and, and it affected the game, it affected the safety. Um so yeah, take the scoreline out of it and, and looking at it and not wanting to look at it as a get out clause, um objectively, it, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have gone past half time, really. But yeah, it's it's difficult to not come across as it being sour grapes, seeing as we've just lost four nil. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't I don't you know, I've had I've had Sunday league games that have been called off in conditions 
less worse. That's not, a, that's not the word, but better than that. Um, so, yeah, so why a League One game, a professional game of football, should be allowed to continue, uh, God knows. Yeah, well, I've actually, I've been involved in a game where it wasn't raining, but it got called off because the wind was so strong, you couldn't actually kick the ball properly. <laughs> so um, I've, I've had been in one game, I've had one game in my life where a goalkeeper's taken a goal kick and it's blown backwards and yeah. gone out for a corner. Um, the game carried on, well, but yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen that before. It's quite funny if it's on target and the goalkeeper kind of panics and doesn't know what to do. It's quite funny, yeah. but uh, but I mean, I, I mean, we're recording pretty much straight after what the final whistle went about twenty minutes ago or something. Um, so we haven't said. I haven't seen what Lee Johnson has said straight after the game. I'm, I'm pretty sure what he was saying to the fourth official on the sidelines. Uh, but Brandon, I mean, I kind of thought a bit like what kind of Bomo touched on there when they came out for the second half. Um, I thought that's it. We're going to be finishing this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be like sounding too cynical about it, but the reality is, is that that game probably shouldn't have continued. We played Accrington Stanley a few years ago, where we got to about the seventy odd minute in the game, got abandoned, mm. and that was arguably just similar conditions. If they called that off at half time, like I don't think there would have been too many complaints. But I think the referee kind of got into the game a bit too much in the sense that, well, if I abandon it whilst one team's 3-0 up at half-time, what's the backlash going to be? So, yeah, I think it's a shame, really, that, that the game did continue because it was literally looking more like water polo out there. Carl Winchester definitely looked like he needed armbands because the corners looked so bad. But, yeah, nothing we can do now. The game's gone and it's just a shame that... That that obviously continues. Yeah, I, I was. I think I put uh, in one of the chats earlier that the lads were starting to tie their pajamas in knots and going down to get their brick. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if it's only people of a certain generation who might get that. I'm, I'm not quite <laughs> sure. But uh, regardless of the conditions, bomber. Um, I mean, actually going back. I mean, I mean, actually the, the first the opening period until the first goal really was just a you know it was just a slog fest. Both teams trying to adapt to the conditions, but. I mean, Bomber, I still think, and it's sad to say that Portsmouth wanted it more and kind of yeah. adapted the conditions better than we did. But it's a weird one because I still don't think they deserved a 4-0 scoreline. No, no, they didn't. I think I think the damage was done in those two goals, Chris. Um, mm. I was trying to kind of bite my tongue and not go off on a monologue about how we shouldn't be blaming the conditions. The, the fact is we were 2-0 down long before that, well, not long before, but we were 2-0 down before that pitch became unplayable. It was wet before and there were little patches of standing water, but it was only when we were 2-0 down, not playing very well, and the game looked pretty much out of sight that we're, we're, we're kind of calling for the game to be abandoned. The, the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, as a, as a team, we didn't defend anywhere near well enough. The marking inside the box for, for those first two goals in and around the box was, was a bit of shambolic, really. Um, and we just didn't get out the traps. And it did seem... Lee Johnson obviously put a team out that he thought would be a bit stronger, knowing what he would come up against away at Portsmouth. But it did look a bit like men against boys out there. There was a there was a there was a lack of quality from both teams, but there was one team in particular, and it wasn't us, that looked like they were going to fight for it and try and do the best that they can with the conditions. Yeah, just quickly though, Bob, I just want to come in there because you you said that, but I was actually surprised that he kept Bailey right in rather than putting Doyle back in. And you've just said it was like it looked like men against boys. But, mm. I mean, I mean, don't get us wrong. I don't want to lay it all on the, the door of kind of Bailey Wright. You know, yeah. all all across the park we were shocking. But Bailey Wright had a, had a, had a shocker as well. But mm. I thought that was a bit of a weird one, that, that Bailey Wright kept his clear. Yeah, so so before kickoff, 
I, I didn't necessarily think it was because I think, you know, conditions being as they were away at Portsmouth and the history that we've got with them, um, it, you know, things like not putting Doyle back in, taking Dan Neal out, those sorts of decisions, I, I feel Lee Johnson made knowing that it was going to be a bit of a slugfest and a bit of a battle out there. That said, with the players that were still on the pitch, the ones who you'd expect, you know, your Corey Evanses, your, your Bailey Wrights, it still did look like men against boys. <laughs> Um, which then, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it did make the team selection look all the more strange mm. um, given the performance and the results. But I, I can see the logic, um, but it, it certainly didn't play out as uh, as Lee Johnson would have hoped for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brandon, um, like I said before, you, you're our tactics guru, as we as we said before. Um, but did this game have anything to do with tactics or was it just you know, a combination of lacking a bit of desire maybe and... Again, I suppose we'll mention the conditions again. I'm actually looking at the stats as we speak because of Bomber briefly mentioning a few points that I was going to raise. Looking at mm. some of the stats, I mean, they're all pretty horrendous, to be honest. Um, it just looks like it's just been an absolute battle out mm. there on the pitch. There's a lot of tackles for both teams, a lot of aerials won. The pass success for Portsmouth is 54%. I mean, that's that's absolutely terrible then that was a 63%. So I think you could make the argument that they turned up for it and adapted better to the conditions. But when you look at our playing styles, we like to pass the ball around and use the wings a lot. And obviously the wings were just so flooded. Don't know how really we could cope with it, but Portsmouth done a better job of the conditions. And before the pitch become really bad, it was 2-0. Mm. We can't just all blame it on the pitch. But at the end of the day, if the pitch had stayed kind of the same as it was for the first couple of goals, who knows what would have happened. But definitely when you see the article go up at the start of next week on Monday, you'll see that the stats are quite bad for both teams, just purely down the conditions. It's, it really is unfortunate that this has happened straight after winning 5-0. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned that that they kind of got you know used to the conditions a bit quicker. But I mean, like, like before the pitch got really bad, Brandon, is there anything... In the stats, that's telling you, you know, did we start playing it too long from the off? Did, did kind of Portsmouth play it better? Because actually it was close before they scored the goal. I mean, did that goal just change everything? Well, when I look at it, as I've just put it there before it went 1-0, there wasn't loads in the game. They'd had a couple of more shots on us, but we largely hadn't done much wrong based on the stats. But that all being said, the only thing that really mattered, they had three shots and then mm. scored the first. By the time it got at the end of the first half, they had seven shots and had scored twice. They just were more clinical with the chances, put the ball into better positions in the box whilst the ball was still kind of moving all right. But no, all I will say on that is that statistically speaking, there wasn't much in the game. It was just they took the chances. I mean, we've done this before when we've beaten teams where we've maybe had a few chances and then scored a couple. So... Yeah, you just got to take the good with the bad on that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at kind of the notes that I made in the first half, and I was kind of writing the chances down, and I haven't got anything but the goals for Portsmouth, and for us, I've got mm. a couple of free kicks yeah. and a close range header from from nine. But but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to go through all the goals. I mean, balls to that, I'm not doing that. But uh, <laughs> but bomber. I mean, uh, Danny Collins, he used the term towards the end. He said something like a, a fake result. I mean, do you think that's the type of thing Lee Johnson's going to be? telling these players or do you think in no uncertain terms he's going to be telling them how pants them are? I, I think it, I think given the circumstance it is an anomalous result so in terms of a 4-0 you know it, you'd like to think it's a freak result and, and a one-off 
But as we've already alluded to, we were 2-0 down before things got really, really bad. And, you know, I didn't think we were anywhere near good enough or showed anywhere near enough kind of desire or determination. It looked it looked like we turned up, got out on the pitch and was like, oh, it's a bit wet. It's a bit windy and rainy and cold out here. Um <laughs> And took just took too long to get into the game. And by then, we're two 0 down, and you're chasing it. Then the conditions get worse. So I think I think Lee Johnson will, in a no no uncertain terms, will be telling them that's not good enough. But I think he will try and mitigate that with saying conditions are in such a way that it's just a lottery um, as yeah. to whether or not you know someone's going to kick the ball and it's going to end up in a puddle, out of a puddle, run five yards or fifty yards. Yeah, actually, just quickly though, Bomber, do you think when we went after we went two 0 down, the players? We're almost focusing on it being abandoned rather than trying to get back into the game. Yes, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I felt I, I don't think we changed necessarily the way we played. What we did do is probably get frustrated at, at ourselves, frustrated at each other, and frustrated with the the officials. Mm. And I think the, the more that game went on, the more we were looking to the referee, to the to the assistants, the fourth official to call it off and and save our blushes, really rather than actually knuckling down and thinking this is going to be a game that's going to be won or lost depending on who wants it more. Mm. You know, they, they, it was almost too easier to to kind of glare at the officials and, and blame them to give them an easy way out, which it wasn't coming. And and again, as Brendan said earlier, once once that Portsmouth are 2-0 up and it goes into half-time, the referee's probably thinking, do you know mm. what? This pitch probably isn't playable, but he knows that he's he's going to get a lot more stick and a lot more flack abandoning a game in the second half at 2-0 or 3-0 than he is letting it play play out and and the result stand. So I do think the ref's taking the easy way out, but then you know to anybody else except Sunderland fans it's going to look like me like sour grapes on my part, isn't it? But yeah. Um yeah. Mm. Might have been different at the stadium, I like, but but we'll but we'll never know. Um, I, I have to admit, actually, look, I, I'm kind of slightly concerned about our away form this season. Uh, we've won one, drew one, and lost two. Um, in October, it looks like Oxford's going to be postponed, which means three of the next four are away from home. Uh, Brandon, should I be concerned? Um, you've seen the stats. Yeah, I've been thinking about this prior to the Portsmouth game. Because we've had a clean sweep at home, winning all six. So, I mean, in that mm. sense, I'm really happy about that. But at the same time, looking at the games we've played, the MK Dons game, I thought, well, we're lucky to win. Burton away, we should have won that, but we lost. We're through the two-goal lead away at Fleetwood. And then we've been before 4-0 at Portsmouth. I think we've had quite a weird first few matches. We haven't mm. had any sort of consistent, typical games, not like at home. Mm. Really, it is something that we need to watch because our home form is brilliant, but we cannot let our away form be the downfall of us. Looking at our games, we've got we've got a Lincoln, isn't it, and the Papa yeah. John's Trophy, and we've got Gillingham Crew and Rotherham as well this month away. We've got some difficult games, but I mean, we're, we've got to start picking up the points on the road, and hopefully, we we'll keep up the home form as well because. People won't like coming to our ground, but if we can just win a couple more away, the only reason why the away form gets highlighted is because we had the Sheffield Wednesday game being postponed, so we had this imbalance before the game of six home games and three away games, which is now four. So, yeah, I think it's something to watch. Uh, We don't do anything really different on the road compared to at home, and maybe that's the problem. We don't try and 
change the way that we play compared with the stadium of light. Yeah. And I mean, finally, uh, last point, I was trying to think of positives. I was trying to come up with something. The only thing I could probably think of is that, you know, we haven't got a League One fixture for two weeks now, Bomber. Is that is that a good thing to regroup after, after a game like that? It always depends, doesn't it, mate? You can you can spin it either way, and it, it largely depends on the mentality of the players. You know, if the players are suitably embarrassed by that, they'll want to go out next week and they'll want to put that right, and they'll want to stamp their authority and uh, you know get a bit of um, a bit of vengeance. If they're probably if the other way inclined, they probably think, well, actually, we're going to need a couple of weeks to to forget about it. Two weeks of training, two weeks to prepare for the next game, and and hope to bounce back. So. You know, you could spin it either way. Personally, I, I want to see us just get back on the horse and, and put it right, make the relevant changes that, that Lee Johnson feels that he needs to and, and just get straight back to it. So it depends. It depends whether you're a half glass, a glass half full or a, ha- a half empty guy, really. Um, yeah, I, I want to see us get back out there next week. I was just hoping you were just going to say something positive to finish with. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, anyway, I think, you know, following a 4 0 job and away from home, we should uh, probably leave it there. Um, thanks for your time, lads, especially after a game like that. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening once again. Uh, keep a look out at Rocker Report for all the latest ahead of our next fixtures because. Of course, Oxford isn't officially cancelled yet, as I've been talking as if it is, it probably will be. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye out on all the usual places for the next podcast that should be dropping uh, very soon. Uh, but from us, it's bye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.